Welcome to the Ladies of the Chains Disc Golf Podcast. I am Becca Kephart, and I am absolutely thrilled to have back on the show two of my very favorite Coloradans, Andrea Eaton. How's it going, Andrea? Hey, hey, how are you? Good. And Erica Weir. What's up, Erica? Hello, how are you? I am well. So Andrea and Erica were on the podcast back in September, and I would encourage you to go check out that podcast if you haven't listened to it, and you can get to know them a little bit better. But I thought I'd share some fun, fast facts about them that are very exciting. (laughs) Andrea is rocking it now in the pro ranks, and that's after she took third in advanced at last year's Women's Global event, and that's third out of 291 women, which is pretty darn great. (laughs) And Erica currently competes in FA1 and is gunning for AM Worlds this year. Would you say that's true there, Erica? That is 100% true, (laughs) Becca. (laughs) And Erica has 21 wins in 32 events, which is pretty darn great. So we're going to start off with our first segment, like we always do, What You've Been Disking, where each one of us shares one disc golf related thing we're excited about. So Erica, what you got? Yeah, so I actually just came back from a quick work trip out to Pennsylvania, where I'm from. Shout out to the PA disc golfers. Um, I had the opportunity to play in the Boulder Bash. Um, I think, I forget if it was 9 or 10, but um, actually it was probably more than that. Oh, looking at the trophy, it says 16, so I was a little bit off. Um, But the the leagues and the clubs in that area put that together, and that was out at one of the Amateur Worlds courses. And I had the opportunity to meet a lot of great people while I was out there. Um, I was the only person in advance, so they bumped me up to play with the pros, which was great, because I got an opportunity Mm. to hang out with some awesome ladies. Donna and Karen, Stephanie and Frida. Um, I got to meet all of them while we were out there and they were fabulous. Um, so that was really great to see how excited, um, the people that are in and around York, Pennsylvania are, Mm -hmm. um, to bring amateur worlds there. Um, again, coming from Colorado to East coast golf, you're adjusting to that elevation and it's definitely more woods, um, you know, picking your shot. It's not just a power shot. And they were all so very kind and, you know, helping me see lines and stuff like that. Now, granted, it's all going to be grown in this summer, but um, Donna is one of the women that I believe is on the board for that park we played at, which was, um, I'm probably going to say it wrong, Gifford Pinchock State Park um, at the Boulder Woods course. And then right across the lake was another, um, the Quaker Woods Challenge Mm -hmm. course. So I got a couple um, practice holes in there, but it was a little bit too confusing for me to follow. I had no idea. There was a lot of baskets. I was like, I'm not sure we're throwing, but um, it's just, it's so nice as a woman that's traveling, you know, by myself to kind of roll up to a tournament and feel a little bit of trepidation and then be completely taken in by the ladies. And they were just so excited to, you know, have somebody out there and um, just so grateful to show me their courses and i just hope in you know if any of them ever come out here you know that colorado also shows them a really good time too so i'm just excited to hang out with the mid pen ladies when we get back out there in june and july and then um you know just again keep growing the network of women that we have in the sport it always feels great awesome awesome all right andrea what do you got yeah, um, I have been home uh, for a little bit and not traveling as much. Um, I had the opportunity to go out to my first NT tournament in Las Vegas, and that yeah. was awesome. And Yeah, I kind of worked to get all the nerves out and do that. And so GBO is just around the corner, and I am excited to say that I have an opportunity to go and compete again at that NT level. And 
um, and really, really working on the things that, um, have been hindering me a little bit so I can mm-hmm. go out there and give it my best. But, um, yeah, I mean, just kind of playing some local tournaments here and really just prepping for that and forcing myself to, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point later, but to work on some things that, um, I need to improve, but, you know, watching lots of videos, looking at the course and yeah, basically obsessing about GBO. So here we go. Yeah. I'm excited. Cause yeah. I'm going to get to see both of y'all at GBO this year. So <laughs> going to be so exciting. I'm I'm ready to go. Is it is it Saturday already? I, it is <laughs> so close. I'm like totally freaked out. Like I saw the the countdown, you know, on Facebook yeah. and I'm like, "Oh, they have the date wrong. It's not that soon." But <laughs> sure enough, yeah. it's that soon. So It is coming up. We're it's it's, it's uh, plan in time. Let's do it. Yeah. So, I mentioned this I think towards the end of uh, our last episode or the one before, but I'm very excited about our Kansas City Disc Golf Diva spring fever that's coming up on may 11th and i just wanted to announce again that on may 10th the day before the diva spring fever we're as ladies of the chains going to be hosting a clinic with reigning fj18 world champion cynthia ricciotti and Ooh. i am so excited to have her out dd uh, sent us 40 aviators uh, they're all blank and they sent sticker sheets so they're gonna be super fun to decorate and that's just kind of a fun thing that the first four people that come can get um, and yeah I'm just really excited I want to definitely uh, encourage more clinics all over and I'm excited to have Cynthia out so if you're in the Kansas City area or nearby if you're playing the tournament or if you're not playing the tournament it's a free clinic so please come out we'll be out at Rosedale at 5 p.m. for that uh, that day there will also be uh, Launchpad Disc Golf is running a doubles tournament from 12 to 5 all divisions offered and we'll have happy hour going on from 4 to 7 as well so just gonna be a super fun Friday uh, before diva spring fever so come check that out if you can awesome so coming up next we've got coach nova's red hot tip top tip followed by seth muncie's disc golf strong tip we'll be right back it's time for coach nova's red hot tip top tips quick clips of gripping tips and surprising advising with no compromising coming to you bi-weekly on the ladies of the chain Hey everybody, Coach Nova here. Everybody knows that we throw the discs through the air, but what happens on the ground is important too. I'll explain. Have you ever played with someone, or been that someone, who makes what looks like a great throw, but when the disc hits the ground, all that work is undone by a big flare skip that takes them far from the putting circle, or a rollaway down the adjacent hill, or it's stopped cold by bumpy molehills leaving them short? They'll moan that it's unfair and that the universe is singling them out for punishment, but the real cause of their pain is laziness and incuriosity. They're thinking about the throw through the air, but they're leaving the ground play up to fate. That's like throwing away half the pieces to a jigsaw puzzle, then complaining that there's holes in it when it's done. When the disc returns to the ground, it can do all sorts of things, depending on the angle of the throw, the shape of the disc, and the nature of the ground. On a soggy day, a high spike shot with a driver can stick into the ground on the spot like a tombstone. But on a hard surface like sun-baked clay, a high hyzer can just as easily stay up on its rim and roll away to who knows where. A low and flat shot might skip or slide far on a smooth surface like a golf green, or pine needles, or a hard and dusty fairway. 
but it could just as easily stop short on molehills or clover or a thick bed of loose and freshly laid wood chips. The shape of the ground in the landing area matters, too. Look out for slopes that can cause rollaways and stay away, but also look for convenient backstops that can stop a hard throw. Does the ground rise up behind the basket? Drill your shot into that backstop and let the planet Earth park the disc for you. Planning and executing a great throw is tip-top, but avoiding gotchas on the ground and taking advantage of the terrain for pinpoint placement is red-hot tip-top. Ladies First Disc Golf is the most comprehensive retailer for women's disc golf needs. With over 50 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook, listen to what their customers have to say. Veronica B. says, I love the selection they have. Discs popular with women can be hard to find, but not here. I love the t-shirts and hoodies. I live in them. Nikki N. says, I love every product I've gotten from LFDG. Customer service is fantastic and fast shipping. If you are looking for stylish and comfortable disc golf apparel and discs for women disc golfers of all skill levels, Ladies First Disc Golf has your needs covered. For Ladies of the Chains listeners, we're offering an exclusive 20% off discount on your next order of $19 or more. Visit ladiesfirstdiscgolf.com and use code LOTC20 at checkout. Hey everyone, Seth here from Disc Golf Strong, back with another performance tip to help you play strong, healthy, injury-resistant, and resilient disc golf. One thing I tell all of my athletes is that the science of physical preparation is abundant. There is a lot of research showing that physical preparation of your body, so just training for your sport, can not only improve your performance, but also lower your injury risk. The art of physical preparation, though, is figuring out how to make it fit into your life. If training is already not a staple of your weekly routine, it can be challenging trying to figure out how to add it in with all the other responsibilities you have and also making time for your skill practice and your rounds, both practice and tournament. It can be a daunting task trying to find time to schedule in your training sessions during a week. The good news is that training does not have to be long or arduous to be effective, especially in the beginning. I always tell my athletes that even starting out with one to five minutes of exercise is better than trying to do 30 minutes, 40 or 60 minutes of exercise and not doing it because you just can't find the time to fit it in. So if you've been holding off on improving your health and fitness levels for disc golf or even just life in general till that time when you have 30 or 60 minutes a few times a week to get it in. Know that it doesn't need to be hard to be effective. It doesn't need to be long to be effective. The only necessary thing for it to be effective is to be done. In the beginning, just blocking out a little bit of your day to do one or two sets of glute bridges, one or two sets of dead bugs, maybe one or two sets of side planks if you have time. That's a great start. After you spent some time doing a few minutes of exercise during the week, you might find more time start to open up. But remember, the most important part is just to get started. If you're anything like me, you want to play this amazing game for as long as you possibly can. If you'd like to learn more health and fitness tips to help you play strong, healthy, injury-resistant, and resilient disc golf, make sure to check out Disc Golf Strong on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. You can also download the Disc Golf Strong app on your Apple and Android store and create a free account there. You can also check out DiscGolfStrong.com. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. Have a great day. Train disc golf strong. Play disc golf strong. And we're back with a brand new segment. 
that I'm calling Women's Disc Golf Trivia, which is a terrible title. So, <laughs> listeners, if you have a better idea for a title for this segment, I would love it. So, I'm going to give you guys three questions, and if you know the answer, just shout it out, or I'll see what each one of you think. And we also need to figure out what the winner gets. I don't know. Come see me at GBO. I'll get you something. Yeah. So. This week's uh, trivia is Paige Pierce themed, and I actually wrote this before I even knew she was going to win Jonesboro this uh, weekend, so we'll get to that in a minute. So, question number one. Paige Pierce won her first world championship in 2001. How many strokes did she win by? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And you go yeah. first. Can I go higher or lower than what she oh, goes? Of course. Sure. I knew you were going to Bob Barker me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, how many strokes did she win by? Yep. I'll say seven. All right. What do you say, Andrea? Do I get it over under or do I have to give the actual number? I'm going to make you give an actual number. We'll, we'll give it to whoever gets closer. I'm going to say five. Nice. Well, you're actually closer. She only won by three strokes oh, over Valerie Jenkins. And she, uh, Paige was only 936 rated at the time. Wow. So that's kind of crazy. All Only right. 9.36. I know. Okay. Well, I mean, compared to now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she rattled off a 1,008 rated round yeah. today, but anyway. That's amazing. Next question. What is Paige's highest rated round, and where did it happen? Oh, gosh. We should know this for sure, Erica. <laughs> um, it's definitely over 1,000. I'm going to say 1,015. Awesome. What do you got, Erica? Hey. Yeah. Um, I'll say ten seventeen. All right, and any I cut you off there, Andrea. Any guesses about what <sighs> tournament it would have been? Oh gosh, it was. I feel like it was toward the end of last year, but I cannot remember the tournament. That's um, right. That's right. Do you have any guesses, Erica? <laughs> you guys are both way off, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, look at us go! Dang. Um, no, no guess. I would say, I don't know, maybe like the Memorial. I feel like her game suits her so well at the Memorial that that would be, that would be a guess. Oh, and she had a very high rated round at Memorial last year, but the correct answer is last year, round one at Jonesboro, she had a 10.59. Oh, man. And that was snow, right? That was the day before the snow hit, I believe. Okay, day before. I was like, how do you get that rated round in the snow? But that makes sense that that was the middle rated round. Right. So technically, that's sort of the highest rated round by a woman ever. Uh, If you look at the PDGA page, it's not included because of SSAs and other weird statistical things I don't understand. But pretty amazing stuff. So last question. It's GBO related. How many times has Paige won GBO? I'm going to say two. Erica? I know of one. I know of at least three. Is that your final yes, answer? Yes, my final answer. Final <laughs> right. answer. Locking it in. <laughs> so you got closest. She has won four, including wow. last year in a field of thir- uh, 36. Amazingly, I think maybe it was kind of an off year because they had a bigger field before this. But her first win was in 2013. And there were only four players in FPO that year. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Wow. And this <laughs> That's year, incredible. Yeah. Because this year we have a field of 40, including you, wow. Andrea. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. Definitely stoked for GBO this year. So that has been Women's Disc Golf Trivia Page Pierce edition and 
think you guys tied or something close to that. I don't know. We we that's, usually tie. Okay. <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Nice. <laughs> All right, now we come to our discussion topic, and this week I actually asked my two co-hosts to bring their own topic to discuss. So Erica, I want to start with you. What would you like to discuss today? Yeah, so this is something that I've sort of been kicking around with a couple different people. I think one of the barriers for um, females that are trying to travel, obviously um, not being a mom and, you know, working full time, but those individuals that are trying to get on the road or even the weekend warriors that are trying to get, let's even say like Denver to Kansas city or wherever it is that you're trying to go for a tournament. I think one of the barriers obviously is finances in addition to places to stay. So not just a place to stay like a hotel or like, Hey, Andrea, let's go to Vegas and we're going to share this spot, but a spot where maybe you've made that connection, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram or other social media platforms, or you've met somebody at that tournament, um, you know, to, from a year before to say like, Hey, can I like, you know, do you have an extra bedroom? Could I crash there? Um, that way you're sort of giving yourself a little bit more leeway with your finances. Um, but trying to figure out within our, um, community of women, uh, disc golfers, whether it's nationwide or even international, if we get to that point to create a safe space, um, where we can all figure out, you know, here's a tournament in my area. I have X amount of bedrooms and, you know, I'd love for people to stay. Or I have an extra parking spot in my driveway. So if you are coming with an RV or a van and you want a place where you can um, hook it up for the weekend or just need a place to shower and want to stay there and understand that that is like a safe space for you. Mm -hmm. I just think that the way that we can use the platform of, you know, Facebook or even the Internet at large, we could create that safe space for everybody and hopefully see, you know, women either driving or flying to tournaments and um, allow them to, you know, stay at spots. Because I know um, Becca and I had chatted potentially about coming out for Spring Fever, but unfortunately we have a, a local tournament that I really wanted to support out here, so I can't make it this year. Um, and then vice versa for Rocky Mountain Women's. Um, I kind of started a little bit of a discussion on the page to say, you know, if we wanted to host some women, you know, who would be up for that? Where do you live? How far away from the course would it be? You know, what are the conditions there? Like, do you have kiddos? Do you have pets? Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff just to try to um, get the ball rolling. But um, I feel like there's a lot of great listeners on this podcast that probably have brighter minds than me. So maybe there's just a spot that I'm missing. But at the same time, sometimes all it takes is to put the idea out there to see if, um, you know, anybody has any thoughts on a platform that we might be able to use. So Erica, I have to admit that I kind of set you up here. <laughs> I have a bit, oh man. Cause I have a big announcement to make and I think there's some, roll, please. <laughs> some other ways to go about this as well. But when I was out in Colorado last September and talking with y'all, you know, after we recorded the podcast and we're eating dinner, shout out to Oz. That was still like such a great meal and such a great time. And <laughs> 59 rated caddy. Heck yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, something that Andrea brought up that we were talking about was just a feeling that there needs to be exactly what you're talking about, Erica, just like a better way for women disc golfers to connect with one another and, and to not feel so alone and to feel supported and just a better way of communicating. And then Danielle Charlier came through Kansas City in November and she was out on tour with the pros for most of last season and 
and she and I were talking about the same thing and, and she was really kind of saying the same things that, you know, like a lot of the pros maybe feel alone or just don't feel supported or just don't feel connected. So I'm very happy to announce that Danielle and I have finally started our Slack channel uh, for women's disc golfers for everybody. And it's it's going to be really cool. Uh, it's That's ex- awesome. <laughs> it's exactly what you're talking about. Um, you're making all my dreams come true. <laughs> it's, it's my dream to make your dreams come true, Erica. <laughs> uh, so in Slack, it's pretty cool. There's a whole bunch of different channels within our women's disc golf channel that we already have set up. Uh, so there's there's channels for exactly what you're talking about, like women looking for places to stay. Um, we've got a centralized calendar of women's events. Uh, we've got a place for women's uh, women-owned companies, a place for pros to promote their stuff, a place for everybody to promote kind of whatever they want to, and hopefully just a, a safe community where women can connect with one another, where the amateurs can support support and cheer on the pros directly, where uh, yeah, we could just hopefully come together and have that better way of of communicating and of having support. So Danielle and I are just crazy excited about this. We're going to be uh, moderating it and doing the administration for it. So we, we've got it set up. We just need you. <laughs> so wow. the, the way to get added to it, it is by invite only. Um, so you need to uh, email me at ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or you can reach out to Danielle or I uh, via direct message on Facebook or through the Ladies of the Chains page. Um, any of those ways and we'll... Uh, talk with you and get you hooked up um, with the Slack channels. So we have lots of big dreams for this, really hoping that it'll be a way um, to help make community. So there you go. I think that is amazing. And um, thank you so much to both of you for doing that and for kind of taking the reins, because as somebody who, you know, like you had mentioned before, is kind of trying to move up and Mm -hmm. really play at the professional level. And I would love to tour today, you know, um, and I, and and that is such a big part of it. And even thinking about, you know, having the opportunity, opportunity to go to GBO and really the thing is, okay, where do I stay and how do I do it? And, Mm -hmm. and I know the pros touring around, like it, you know, it's, it's a little different. It's not like a professional basketball player, or baseball Mm -hmm. player where you're staying at the finest hotels and whatever. And to really have that network is amazing. Um, you know, I've been talking to uh, a male pro who lives here close and mm. um, used to tour and do this. And in his mind, it's like, it's so easy. These are the things that you do. And even in his words were, you know, but as a female, it's mm-hmm. more difficult. You know, Absolutely. you really want to make sure that you know that the place that you're staying in is safe. And um, unfortunately, I think that that is a concern for people who are traveling and on Absolutely. the road. And just to, to have a support system that is like, you know, Hey, these are safe places. And this is, this is a network that you can trust and work together and build this community together is amazing. So thank you for doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. You're welcome. We're very, very excited. And, and I would just add, you know, some other thoughts, obviously, like we've, we've got a lot of really good established clubs around the country too. And I think it's a good idea to continue to connect with the clubs of, of where you're going. Um, and, you know, hopefully they have some ideas about just how to get around their cities and, and all of that as well. Um, and yeah, I don't know any other thoughts about the travel and, and other ways of, of getting yourself taken care of. Um, I will say like, again, kind of going to, 
you know, in Las Vegas, having an opportunity to talk to some of the female uh, pros who are touring and to really just hear from them and understand that that is something that they deal with, you know, um, whether that's they're traveling in a van or their own car. Um, One, I think the community as a whole is amazing Mm -hmm. in that, you know, it does really seem supportive and people in local clubs really are willing to, you know, uh, put you up in their home or to feed you dinner mm-hmm. or to whatever. You know, I, I think that that's happening anyway. Yeah. But to then just to have a network that you really feel safe and supported right. I, is just crucial. Um, it's a scary thing to think about going out on the road and being by yourself and mm-hmm. where do I go and how do I get here and um, what's a good part of town to stay in. Right. I mean, just I, I think it can do nothing but build um, our community and specifically for the women's side. But I mean, really all sides of the, of the game. Right. But um, I, I think that, I mean, so many people I think will be so appreciative of being able to do that and find kind of that safe space. I do, I mean, I would echo everything that Andrea says and whether that's at a, you know, advanced women level or obviously professional when you're out there on the road, I think sometimes people would say like, Oh, maybe like, the pros have it all taken care of, or mm-hmm. I don't want to bother them or anything like that. You know, and maybe the time and place to offer something isn't when they've just finished around yeah. or, you yeah. know, they're trying to connect with people at a larger event. But at the same time, you know, we need to remember that these women are people that we look up to and they're people just like us. Right. I mean, of right. course, you know, they'd love to hear how their fans view them, but also to be like, Hey, I don't care how you shot. Do you want to go get a beer? You know, or you know, like it's all good. We've been out here all day, or you know, just right. to show that appreciation because I think that sometimes that's often overlooked. Yeah. Um, you know, and not to like fangirl out or something, but when I was on the plane coming home, I had the opportunity. The Masters Golf was on. I had Wi-Fi. I was texting Andrea from the plane, yeah. and I was like, I'm watching Tiger Woods. Um, now this is obviously before the results came out, right. but like the adoration and the people running from gallery to gallery just to watch him either make or miss a putt. They're with him every step of the way. And I was like, if we had a fifth of all this Mm. energy and excitement, um, you know, and I I just, I think it's possible. I, you know, I, I never want to be a closed minded individual. I just feel like every time I get the chance to talk to somebody about disc golf, Mm -hmm. they're just excited and they want to see the best. So, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, put yourself out there and, um, just like I said, just be like a supporter for an event in your area or anything like that. Um, you know, we have the disc golf pro tour coming through, um, in Denver here in a few weeks. And I'm sure that they have, um, you know, the competitors that are coming out for that may already have their accommodations made, but you know, I, I think that there's probably 30 people I can think of that would absolutely love to, you know, host some folks or, mm-hmm. you know, at least like take them out for a dinner, or be, you know, be excited to, to have them here in the area. So just making sure that we're supporting everybody. Um, I just think it's awesome. And the fact that this Slack channel is in its infancy, we're going to mm-hmm. get to see it where it goes from here. I just think that that's a, a great platform. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited to <laughs> to see what happens between, you know, you and Danielle, I'm running it. And big thanks to you both for getting that off the ground. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, you know, I can say with some definitiveness that we have (laughs) more women excited about disc golf than we ever have in history. Right. Absolutely. So now's the time to, you know, harness that and, and build on that. And hopefully this thing just keeps snowballing is the hope. Yeah. That's awesome. Very good. All right, Andrea. What is your topic? Yeah, so I was um, really just thinking about, you know, um, I guess as we get more serious about 
wanting to be good at disc golf. Mm -hmm. How do we really go about doing that in terms of practicing and getting better? Because there was a time when you know, I was playing just for fun and I was playing with people who were playing tournaments and they wanted me to play. And I'm like, nah, you know, I'm not really into it. And then I played my first tournament and realized, wow, this is amazing. Um, but I, I feel like sometimes we fall into a trap in terms of how do we get better mm -hmm. and we don't maybe know necessarily the, the best way or have the best ideas, um, to really become a better player. And sometimes I feel like what happens is we get stuck in like, well, if I just go keep playing rounds, if I just yeah. go play on this course and I go play that course or I play this course 10 times, that's going to make me better. And while I think that's true, I think there's also a way to actually practice and um, really work on the things that are hindering your game or that you really need to improve on. And nobody likes to go out and feel like they're not successful, right? Mm -hmm. Like we want to do the things that make us feel good and we're really good at. But I do think that there has to be a way to like um, – you know, for me, for example, right now, the, the part of my game that I think hurts me the most is uh, working on upshots. Mm. So really having the idea of what do you do? What are some good tips or best practices to work on the parts of your game that need to be worked on mm. instead of just going out and playing rounds? Mm -hmm. So I thought that that would be a fun conversation for us to have and maybe give a couple of ideas of what we do to get better instead of just going out to the course and playing the same course over and over and saying, yeah, I did one stroke better today, so I must be getting better. Yeah, to your point of something you just said, when I was thinking about this topic yesterday as I was practicing my upshots, <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about in college, we had this touring drummer come through to give a seminar. And he said that if you sound good when you're practicing, you're not actually practicing. Right. And that's something that, you know, I, I tell my students too that having that intentionality, I think when you go out really helps. Because, you know, sometimes you've had a rough day and you just want to go, you know, bomb discs as far as you can and just feel better about the world. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, mm -hmm. Or you want to just go play that course that, you know, you can destroy and, and feel really good about. But there needs to be, I think, to your point of getting better, that intentionality of, OK, like for me. I need to figure out this whole forehand thing. It's totally mm -hmm. holding me back and it's going to suck. Like it is not yeah. going to be fun to go out and try to figure this thing out at first. Like it's just, it's just not necessarily going to be, you know, it's going to be discouraging, but you know, it's worth it in the end. And uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, like I think for me personally, like with upshots, I've, got this park by my house it's really nice because there's uh, both lamp poles and soccer goals now so mm -hmm. I can just like kind of make up my own game of you know throwing back and forth between these two light poles and working on accuracy and counting you know the ones I get within 30 feet and all of that um, so that's been been helpful for me uh, but yeah, yeah. What, what do you think Erica I've spent a lot of time thinking about like what is holding me back sure um for me personally, I def, I mean, upshots make or break my rounds a hundred percent because, you know, if you can get your disc inside that circle or a spot where you feel, com feel comfortable, then you're good to go. But what do you do, you know, when even that's not feeling good, you know what I mean? That's, that's the tough part. So I think that, um, the physical aspect of it, so you can sort of get your body into the muscle memory. So mm -hmm. you can basically rinse and repeat those really quality shots. Yeah. But also, you know, when it comes down to it, really a lot of it has to do with your mental game too. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm saying this, and this is literally the pot calling the kettle black <laughs> um, because I, you know, I have definitely been disappointed in how I 
um, you know, can come out one round and feel really mentally strong and everything's going well. And then basically just be a, a, be a turtle that sucks myself into its shell. You know what I mean? Cause I'm down on myself, which in turn can also hurt my card. And that's the last thing I want to do while I play. Um, but something I think of too is, um, I'm, I read a lot of Brene Brown. I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody out there has yep. read her. She's great. Um, I'm in the midst of one book right now called dare to lead. And she has a chapter in there where they're talking about embracing the suck, <laughs> which, which sounds a little bit crazy, but you know, they talk about it. Um, you know, even in like the military where it's, um, embracing the suck, um, it doesn't really answer the question, but at the same time, like when they're going through it, they're like, if you can get through that part of feeling physically bad and mentally upset about it and push through it to the other side, um, past that point of, you know, being uncomfortable, whether it's Mm -hmm. in your own skin or what you feel like your abilities are, like, it's amazing to know what's on the other side of that barrier. And so many times you just are like, okay, I guess I'm not a forehand player, then whatever, I'll throw an Anheuser. Mm -hmm. Or I guess Mm -hmm. I'm not a putter. So everything has to be within five or 10 feet. And, you know, imagine if you could push past that to see the expansion of like what your game could be. Mm. If, you were that putter Mm -hmm. or, you know, you're like, I got that upshot. That's not a problem, you know, or whatever it might be. Instead of just an emergency flick, you Becca are like, I got this. I'm Mm going to put this right under the basket, you know, or whatever it could take. Um, I say all that from like (laughs) a very, um, high level because it's not something that I currently do. Um, it's definitely a barrier for me personally. If I, if it was like spotlights on you, Erica, what are the two weakest part of your games? First part, mental, um, mental game, mental mm-hmm. toughness, the ability to come back from um, adversity. Second is absolutely my putting. Um, I can see that time and time again. So does it do me any good to stand 10 feet away from the basket and try to putt? Probably not. Um, Andrea actually turned me on to an app called The Perfect Putt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or is it Perfect? Perfect Putt 360, yep. I think. Mm-hmm. You yep. can actually see that measurable goal. And I'm t- I mean, I would be sweating knowing I have to take two steps back and try to make putts from there, you know? Mm-hmm. So even in that, it's like I can feel that. But um, I did, maybe not specifically with that app, but I definitely push myself to uh, putt almost every day between um, the first of the year in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And I saw a, a marked difference yeah. just in the ability to kind of step up confidently. And even if I was going to miss to keep it close enough that I knew I could make the comeback putt. Since then, I've really dialed back that routine. I've been doing a, um, a couple different other things, and I can tell the difference. So, yeah. um, you know, not just going out when you quote unquote feel like it, but having the discipline to, you know, put in that practice so that you do feel confident when it counts. Yeah. That's really good. Anything else you want to add to that, Andrea? Oh, man. How much time do I have, Becca? <laughs> <laughs> um so I'll, I'll, I'll go two different ways on this, if you don't mind. Yeah, I sure. think that there is the kind of global thought process and understanding and like the big picture thinking that we have to do sometimes when we just want to be better at anything. And then I think there are also some very specific things that I've been doing lately that maybe are helpful. Um, I think the bigger picture for me, and I actually pull from my experience as a personal trainer. So something that I tell a lot of my clients, and I think it's true in disc golf, right? Is truth is truth. 
Um, just because you, you don't know something doesn't mean it isn't true. So knowing what your weak points are or knowing where you stand or knowing what the stats are really just gives you a baseline. Right. And, and again, I go back and tell my clients all the time, we have to build the foundation before we can put on the roof. Mm -hmm. There's no reason for me to go out and try to do these, you know, 50 foot putts or whatever that is, if I can't make a 10 footer. So I have to know what my boundaries are and I have to know what my limits are. And I have to know the places where I really need to spend some time. And I have to give myself the opportunity to actually understand what those are. And I think sometimes we're afraid to do that, right? Like in the personal training world, we don't really want to know what our body fat measurements are, all that stuff, because it's intimidating. We don't like it. It's the same thing in disc golf. Mm. Um, So that's kind of global, right? Like understanding what your weaknesses are and being willing to tackle those, I think is important. Mm. Um, You know, and then kind of going more specific, something that I've been doing lately. So I, I... I'm the person who's like, man, I have all these things in my game that I really want to get better at. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you three, four or five things that I need to do better right now. But I think the better thing to do is to pick one thing that you can really focus on and get better at that instead of doing like a little bit of each thing. So, so for example, the upshot for me, um, I I can drive, I can throw decently far, like Mm -hmm. great. But then my upshot does not put me in a position to where I can actually uh, consistently make a putt. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking a four instead of a three, Mm -hmm. which is obviously not what we want to do. And so for me, really taking the time to work on those upshots. So something that I've done is I have, um, both gone to a field and I've actually done this on a course because I think having the actual basket to see the distance that you're throwing is important. Um, and I've actually set out cones Mm -hmm. from, 50 feet to hundred feet to 150 to 200, all the way back of what like typical upshots might be. Mm-hmm. And then work from each of those cones into the basket with the discs that I typically would use. There's no sense in throwing all of your discs from 200 feet if you're not actually going to do that. Mm-hmm. But taking the time to understand what does it really feel like? Because I will say that in both putting and upshots, something just clicks when you have that repetition in there. Of like, oh, that felt really good. I know how to replicate that. Um, the next time you throw something that isn't so great, oh, I know what I did here. So really just learning what that form is and what that routine is mm-hmm. from those distances. I think you have to take the opportunity to actually practice. Um, and, and you don't have to have a basket necessarily. Maybe it's a tree in a field. Maybe it's a soccer goal. Maybe it's whatever it is. Um, but I think just going out to a field and just throwing in a field with no point of reference yeah. can be dangerous. Yeah. Um, cause you don't really understand if you're doing really well or not, but having that focal point and I have forced myself <laughs> in the past couple of weeks and forced, you see how hard that is to say, <laughs> I've, I've forced myself to go to a local course here. That is really kind of a put and approach course yep. and really work on it and limit my bag to just the few discs that I actually would throw mm-hmm. and try to learn those really well on those courses. And it's painful because mm-hmm. I want to bomb. I want to throw far. I want right. to do all the stuff that makes me feel good. But I just, I think, I think understanding what it is that you truly need to look at and and then taking advantage of that knowledge and going out and putting that into practice is so important. I totally agree. All right. Great yeah. conversation, guys. Really great topics. Thank you so much for bringing those. And yeah, really excited to put some of those practice tips into uh, my own routine. It's really good. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, our events spotlight and FPO wrap up. The Kansas City Disc Golf Divas are passionate about creating unforgettable disc golf experiences for women and girls of all ages. Join the Divas on May 11th for the fifth annual Diva Spring Fever held at Rosedale Park in Kansas City. 
this women's two-round event is part of the Heartland Women's Series and sure to be one of the highlights of your disc golf season. To register or to sponsor the event, visit igotthefeva.com, that's igotthefeva.com, where you can also keep updated on women's league nights, upcoming diva events, and volunteer opportunities. And we're back with our events spotlight segment. Uh, Sarah Nicholson reached out to me, and she has some very exciting things going on down in the South. Uh, She helped run the National Collegiate Disc Golf Championships this year that we talked about a few weeks back. And she's working on developing a program to help grow more women's teams and support their trip to nationals, which I think is just so awesome. I think that's such a huge opportunity for growth in the sport is at the college level. Uh, So she has two events that are coming up that are raising funds to that effect. Excuse me. The first is the Magnolia Open, and that's May 4th through 5th in Appling, Georgia. And the event has been happening since 2009. It was started by Carolyn O'Cole and Addie Strozier when they worked at the PDGA to offer a women's only event at the International Disc Golf Center, which is really cool. So Sarah took it over in 2001 and ran it through 2015 until she moved to Washington. And then the PDGA staff and Ashley Collins ran it from 2016 to 2018. But Sarah's back and she's taken back over this year. And this event sounds really fun. They include things like karaoke and fun side games and they feed everyone lunch and dinner on Saturday and the ladies can camp at the IDGC and it's just a super fun weekend out uh, at the International Disc Golf Center. So that's fantastic. And then the second event she's running is with Debbie Scott in Hickory, North Carolina, and it's the Southeast Women's Team Challenge on June 8th. And Team Challenge Disc Golf is something that I've only been learning about recently, but it sounds super fun. And it's formatted after the collegiate uh, four-person team doubles. And Sarah's pretty sure it's the first ever women's only team event. So definitely check out those uh, events. Again, they're going to be on our Slack channel calendar um, and along with all the other events that we currently know of. And please let us know about all of your events and clinics so we can get them on there as well. So while I have Erica and Andrea, it makes sense for us to do a state spotlight on Colorado. (laughs) So let's talk Colorado women's disc golf because you guys have got a lot of awesome stuff going on out there. So, yeah, tell me some stuff about Colorado disc golf, Erica. We have a bunch of leagues that are are not leagues. I apologize. um, Tag matches that are uh, consistent. So Lauren Johnson runs one um, uh, with through Mile High Disc Golf Club. And then um, Allie Dorado runs one through the Boulder Ladies Disc Golf Club. And Andrea and I are putting together um, basically the outline to start a consistent league out here in Denver. Um, yeah, so it's it's something that we've been talking about and we just sort of need to push forward and, and take care of it. So since we are so close to Kansas and obviously both of us are heading to GBO this year, um, we really hope to get it. Um, off and running in May. Um, we want to really focus on courses that are in and around the metro area. Nice. Um, so it'll limit us, you know, getting up to like suburbs, like, you know, all the way up to Longmont yeah. all the time or, you know, down to Fort Collins or whatever. Um, but just to create a consistent place where women can play competitively. Um, and I'm, I'm sure, Andrea, you can chime in any time that you want. So 
the ideas that we have so far are rotating between three and four courses, doing it for six to eight weeks to start and um, see what we have as far as turnout. You know, if, mm-hmm. if there's one course that works better for people, we could certainly focus on that. Um, we just want to get those calendar invites, like not official outlook invites, of course, but like, Hey, put this on your calendar for let's say this Wednesday night or this Thursday. Um, you know, I think a barrier thus far has just been trying to please as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. And it's no one's fault because we do have a lot of great disc golf in our area. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot of variety, a lot of opportunity. The last thing we want to do is step on anybody's toes or clip any women's disc golf, you know, thing things that we already have existing. So, um, I think Wednesday night's what we were going for. And then we found out that Longmont has a league that night. So I was going to ask you, Andrea, how does Thursday sound? Um, (laughs) fantastic. (laughs) We can take that conversation offline, but that was some feedback that I got this weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so that's definitely something that I think that we want to um, push forward with and see like doing a like a spring into summer league, a summer into fall, and then maybe like a fall into, um, you know, closing through the winter session as long as we have nice weather. I think that that would be just a great goal for us for this year. And then to see how that worked out, you know, collect some data, get some stats, come back in um, 2020 and see what the league could look like then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, I mean, I think the other thing that we certainly want to highlight is the Rocky Mountain Women's Disc Woo-hoo! Golf Challenge. Woo-woo! which if you have not had the opportunity to play, I will say that it is by far the best tournament I've ever played. That's, that's an all women tournament. Um, the TDs, the sponsors, the volunteers, everybody that works on it, this will be my third one. We do it on the off years so that we don't uh, compete with women's global. Mm -hmm. It's held um, just outside of Denver. And um, you know, it's, it's on a course that is really only set in the ground for this specific event. So a lot, there's a lot of buzz and a lot Mm -hmm. of excitement. Um, we generally get a lot of local support, a lot of, um, spectators that come out, which is really cool because, you know, they never, they didn't necessarily know what disc golf was until they started using this park, which is great. Um, so Ray Woodruff and I believe Kyle Harrigan are at the helm as far as TDs. Um, and the very famous Doug Bierkus Mm -hmm. used to run this. So, um, you know, if you've been to GBO events and you understand how Doug runs things, he definitely runs a tight ship, um, in the sense that everybody's incredibly well taken care of. Um, you know, the maps are clear, the scores are reported, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, it's one thing to run a great tournament. It's another thing to create a feeling and an environment. And I think that that's something that um, sets Rocky Mountain women's apart from anything else because they try to give everyone a caddy and mm-hmm. they don't just try, they frankly right. succeed. So, you know, if you have a partner that, you know, boyfriend, husband, spouse, you know, brother, uncle, whoever it is that wants to carry your bag, good to go. You guys can sign up together. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, they have a, lo- a lot of volunteers because they run a caddy pool. So if you sign up, you get to play the tournament um, layout prior to the actual tournament starting. So that's really a a nice draw for them. And they get well taken care of. You know, there's lunch and there's um, some caddy shirts as well. So everybody looks great out on the course and has a souvenir to take back with them. But um, just women feeling supported. I, I think there's just a a big level of camaraderie that comes from it. Um, in addition to the fact that a lot of excitement, because we tend to have a lot of pros that come out for that event. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so in the past, I mean, Valerie Jenkins is my hero and (laughs) I love her pieces. Um, shout out Val, come, come in August. Uh, but, um, 
you know, getting the opportunity to not only watch her play, but to have a conversation yeah. with her. Um, that was, you know, four, I think four years ago or something like that. And, and I had to have somebody push me, be like, go talk to her. <laughs> you need to go say hi and like, tell her you appreciate the way she plays and you look up to her. She, it'll mean the world to her. Mm-hmm. So sort of having that, you know, it's, it's not on YouTube. It's not, you know what I mean? On a right. Facebook or something like that. It's live and in person. So, mm-hmm. so that's really awesome. And that's, um, that's definitely the premier women's event in Denver. Yeah. I signed up for Rocky Mountain women's this week. And like, I'm so excited. Like this tournament means just a lot to me personally, having grown up in Denver and then first discovering disc golf in Fort Collins in 2004. And you know, that was pre YouTube, pre Facebook, pre anything. I didn't know anything about anyone else in the world that played disc golf. And so to have a chance to kind of return to my home soil and actually right. play this amazing women's tournament. It just means a lot. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. That's yes. awesome. Well, we're excited to have you. <laughs> For sure. Just to kind of piggyback on what Eric is saying, I think, I mean, she says she hit so many of the highlights of um, kind of what's going on here in Denver. And I think just to kind of really reiterate what she's saying, I think that we're really excited about get, getting this league started. Mm-hmm. And we've actually taken some tips from some other disc golf communities and female leagues. Um, you know, things like uh, really trying to get um, an entry fee to a tournament paid for for mm-hmm. a player who maybe is recreation or just starting or whatever through our league. Mm-hmm. And we've actually had some really good support from um, really all of the communities here and the different people who are running tournaments. So we have a couple of tournaments who have reserve spots, um, to allow those injuries awesome. to happen, which I think is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the support here is awesome. She mentioned some of the names, so I won't go back and do that again, but I think that's great. And then, um, obviously Rocky mountain women's I'm so excited. I haven't played it, uh, yet. So mm-hmm. cool. I'm here we go this year and you um, are going to love great. the course, <laughs> I you, but Wait. like it's going to blow your mind. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think the only other thing that I would add to what Erica said is that um, the other big thing that we've got going on here is the uh, DGPT test event, um, right. which is the 303 Pro side, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, so, and we actually have, I think, uh, at least 12, I think, FPO players. Yep. Um, Lisa Bakus is coming, Khaled McMoran, Haley King. So we have some some players who are out there touring and coming through, and there are definitely others. Um, I'm excited to uh, kind of have that community come into really our backyard, yeah. right. And to play these courses here in Colorado and see the difference. But I do have to give a little bit of a shout out because she's not going to do it herself. Um, we actually had the three Oh three, uh, am tournament this yep. weekend and Erica did take first. Heck so yes, we got to give her some love and say, yeah, congrats <laughs> to that for sure. So yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and then the last shout out goes to Josh from gazebo. Cause he's definitely yeah. those gentlemen that has a placeholder for our um, prospective league entry. Um, and he has been instrumental as well in, in getting um, all that stuff together. He's got a great disc golf shop too. So picked up two new discs today. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing those things with us. And speaking of tournaments and the disc golf pro tour, that's a great segue into our FPO wrap up segment. Jonesboro, you're all, Oh my gosh, this, this was a, a really amazing tournament. Um, this was a record-breaking tournament. This had just incredible things happen. So I know y'all were busy with your own disc golf stuff this weekend, so I'm not sure if you had a chance to watch any of the coverage um, or follow along on UDisc, but I will recap here for you. It was a battle between Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, 
Hannah Bloomroos and Rebecca Cox pretty much all weekend. <laughs> and it was really, really fun to, to watch when I could. Um, there were some technical difficulties on Friday, but I caught all that round I could and all of uh, Saturday. Um, and I was able to watch the last few holes today. And um, they were locked in. They were pushing one another. Uh, it was just really, really phenomenal to see. So Paige Pierce uh, ends up winning on hole 18. It was so cool. So we go into hole 18 and, and Paige and Kat are tied. And hole 18 has basically two different routes that you can take. There's kind of like this up the gut tunnel shot out into an opening. Or some players were taking this really big hyzer over over the right side to kind of avoid having to go through that tunnel, but then you you kind of use all your distance to get over the trees. So just two different plans of attack. And uh, Katrina takes the hyzer shot. She clears the trees, but her lie's a little bit rough. And man, Paige just goes for it and pipes this mm. tunnel shot, sets herself up so well takes the birdie where Kat takes the par and takes the win by one stroke. I mean, it was just so good, so much drama. And it wasn't just Paige and Kat and Rebecca and Henna playing well. I've got this really fun stat for y'all. So Paige Pierce had to average 992 rated golf to win this weekend. And last year, she would have just needed to average above 970 to win. And last wow. year, Paige was the only woman to finish this tournament under par. And this year, the top eight were at even or better, uh, with the top three all double digits under par. Like, that's Man. pretty darn good. <laughs> that's amazing. And, like, there was some weather stuff um, today, especially. Uh, I think we still saw three or 4,000 rated or better rounds. Uh, Christina Linthicum got her first above 1,000 rated round today. Um, Ooh, just some fantastic play. I mentioned last week I was so excited about this tournament because we had a bunch of youngsters out there, too. Uh, Edie Hurd and Kat Merch are names to watch. They're out of Arkansas. They played this tournament and did some really good things. Things. Uh, Cynthia Ricciotti and Haley uh, <laughs> King were out there and uh, they are both, you know, 16, 17. Um, so the, the future is strong. The field is very strong. And guys, it's just the middle of April for crying out loud, right? Ooh, like, we've had weather. We've had, you know, players are still finding their, their sea legs kind of on tour here. So I'm just so excited for this season. I think we're going to continue to see some just amazing play out of our FPO field. Um, and yeah, I can't wait. Man, it's so exciting. I tell you what, and you you're talking about these rounds and the tournaments and the players and the, you know, the averages, the scores that they're putting up and all mm -hmm. these things, it literally makes me want to go outside and putt right now. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, man, I got to go get better, man. I got to play, but it's so exciting that this, this, this golf in general is just growing like crazy, yeah. but I really do feel like the women's side of it is growing too. Even local courses going to, you see these women out here just playing and just starting and whatever, being able to create those relationships, but then to watch on you know, whatever channel it is, whatever yeah. avenue it is that you could go out and watch these people play and to see them perform at such a high level is incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Um, and I will say, and I don't, I don't know, like not to take anything away from any other player at all. I will tell you that watching like some of the playback and um, the post-production, whatever, Rebecca Cox is coming on like a beast. Oh, you know, that's right. She just is. And I want her to have the credit that's due because she is just, she is hanging. She's throwing amazing shots mm -hmm. 
and I can't wait to see what the year brings for her. I totally agree. She, she, I think she puts with more authority than anybody on tour. Yeah. I mean, yep. she steps up expecting to make it and puts a ton of power on her putts. And it's, it's fantastic to watch yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. She's yeah. going to get one, Watch one of these days. I'm watching really- her putt and then seeing obviously how hard and when she connects with it, mm-hmm. but the basket is literally moving. Right. That's the worst. <laughs> I believe it's, um, I, I would I would think back to when uh, Becca, Nova, and um, Kim had the opportunity to do the commentating yeah. for one tournament. Kim said she puts with such conviction. Yeah. And and that is like it's so amazing to watch her. And some of the lines she takes, like right. it's it's the skinniest, teeniest thing, and she just steps up there and rips. And it's it's so inspiring to watch her because I think for so long and, and I want this to happen for as long as possible. We've heard the phrase like page doing page things or, you know, that's a cat line or look at that. Look at the roller from cat. But knowing that there's all these other women that are just tapping on the door, it literally makes me like go work my full time job, (laughs) maybe go play some disc golf if I'm lucky. But honestly, I'm always, always turning into Jomez or CCDG or like here's a special highlight reel from something like constantly watching the coverage and I just you know Becky you said when you first got into disc golf that none of that was available right just understanding like the fact that it is out there and you mm-hmm. can watch mechanics and you know not just the great stuff but how do they recover when right. they hit a tree you know and they're still getting their par or being okay with bogey and moving on like going bogey to birdie and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff like it's just amazing and Rebecca had a really really great showing at the Nick Hyde Memorial yeah. this year yeah I yep. was hoping I was hoping she was going to get that breakthrough win, but mm-hmm. um, seeing what she did and the the round ratings that are coming out of Jonesboro just makes me really excited to get the opportunity to see the coverage. Oh yeah, like having the live has been great, and having more more post produced, obviously it the the coverage is everything. Um, mm. Being able to have access to that and like. I was so fangirling out over Henna too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's so good. I've never even seen her play. Oh I'm my so gosh. excited. She's 19. <laughs> her game is strong. She she struggled a bit here in the last round today. Um, but man, like round one, hole 18, she was poised to just like be on top, all this stuff. And she had just a disastrous hole. And it's like, well, how does she come back? And then her round two, she just shredded. And again, she had a chance at shooting 10 under in round two, but had another hiccup on uh, the final hole. But she is very good. It doesn't, she's one of those players that it looks totally effortless when she drives. I mean, it's insane. Um, And she out drove Kat and Paige on the regular in some of these rounds. So, um, I can't Watch wait. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. We've the European players are coming on so strong and it's super cool to see. I'm very yeah. excited. So the future is bright for sure in FBO and the women's division. It is coming Absolutely. on. And the future is now. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> awesome. Well, Andrea and Erica, I just love talking to with golf with you guys so much. So thank you so much for coming on to the show. Uh, what what do you guys got going on? What do you have to promote? Where can people find you, Andrea? 
Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to say I'm an older player in the game. So Facebook <laughs> is really where you can find me. I'm working on the Instagram thing, but, um, yeah, just connecting with me there. I've actually had an opportunity to connect with a, a, a ton of people and it's been fantastic. Like I said, I'm going to be, uh, at the glass blown open and, mm-hmm. um, anybody who's listening, whatever has questions, just want to say hello, have a conversation. I would love to, it would mean the world to me. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, uh, if anybody has questions and, um, or just comments in general, please. I am I am available anytime to help and to be a part of growing this game. And uh, hopefully, I'll meet you and see you at the GBO. Awesome, Erica. Where can people find you? What do you have going on to promote? Yeah, so um, I do have an Instagram account that I'm like Andrea said, kind of up and trying to get it running. Um, so I'm at ELW, which my are my initials, and my PDJ number six eight six three three. So it's ELW six eight six three three. Um, if it's not disc golf related, you're probably going to see a lot of golden retriever posts. <laughs> Follow along if you'd like. That's, that's pretty much what, you know, what I, what I post on there. Um, I do normally try to get at least like one fun picture of all of us just posted one of our friend Lauren today when she was trying to get a floating disc out with a I stick. That. that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and I can't believe I forgot to post it cause it was so great. And she was just so genuine in wanting the disc back. And I'm like, we've all been there. Um, so yeah, we're we're generally out there playing once or twice a week. So getting that content out there to um, you know show off our our Colorado women's disc golf because we do have such luxury of having a great community and a beautiful place to play. Yeah. Um, play on Facebook. That's a great way to connect with me. Um, hopefully, I'll see everybody on the new Slack channel so you yeah. can message me there too, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, just looking forward to. You know, GBO, it's again, it's just going to be such an amazing feeling to to have 1,600 competitors yeah. descend on Emporia in like seven days. Yep. Um, you know, definitely catching the, the GBO fever here, which will be awesome. Um, and, you know, if I can have the opportunity just to shout out my um, my sponsor, Innova yes. Disc. The last time I was on here, I was talking about my AVRX3. Still love it, even though we, we had our moments this weekend, but she's my girl um but yeah innova has been great and it was such a luxury to meet everybody in las vegas um put faces to names like give people great big hugs and Mm -hmm. i just feel so fortunate to throw the plastic that i've always thrown and um you know get to be an ambassador of the sport love teaching clinics um out here in colorado and uh, you know, we have we have a lot of great stuff that's on the horizon here. So just really thrilled. And again, Becca, thank you so much yeah, for having Andrea and I on the podcast. I mean, every time a new one comes out, I know I'm listening at work <laughs> or on the way home if I can. So um, definitely a, an exciting opportunity for both of us. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much. Andrea, you want to shout out your sponsors? Um, yeah, sure. I would love to. But the first thing that I want to say is that uh, Erica and Becca and the rest of everybody listening, go ahead and get yourself a bullfrog. I'm just saying, just get it. Um, no, just, yeah. Um, you know, some local people here have been supporting me for a long time and I really appreciate it. Um, we've got trifection athletic wear who has, um, really been an an integral part of, uh, me being able to, uh, go on not tour, but to go to different tournaments that are out of town. So I appreciate them. Uh, three or three discs. Let's go. Um, three or three discs. Uh, Zach has been an amazing supporter, uh, and I really appreciate him. And then team MGU, NGU one nine, which is actually just a really a group of local disc golfers who are there to do nothing but support each other and work together and just to give each other a high five and that little push when we need to. So, um, really appreciate that. And then obviously all the mile high, the Boulder disc golf, the Longmont, uh, Long's Peak crew. They're just some amazing people around town that are just incredibly supportive and want to do anything and everything to see local players succeed. So I just, I 
really appreciate that community. And then obviously, Becca, um, any, any time we are happy to be on this with you. Um, I love that you're growing and promoting this sport and really, um, giving people an avenue to understand what, uh, disc golf is all about specifically from the female side. So thank you for that. Truly. And Erica, we got to play our one up, uh, tags here. Pretty uh, soon. girl, <laughs> you got, let's do it this week. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> well, you're both very welcome. And yeah, again, I can't wait to see you at GBO and also at Rocky Mountain Women's. That's like Woo-hoo. excitement for me that I get to actually hang out with Andrea and Erica in person this year. That's <laughs> fantastic. Bring your game, Becca. We're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you, as always, to DZ Discs, where the disc you see is the disc you get. And you can use the code GUITAR at checkout for $5 off of $25 if you are a new customer. Hey, we'll see you back here in a, next week when we will have a brand new full interview podcast. And yeah, hit us up about that Slack channel, ladiesofthechains at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Have a great week, everybody. Get out and play some disc golf.